0: Welcome back for season two of Everyday Business Solutions. My name is Haley Morris. I'm your podcast coordinator and host. Our podcast aims to bring the expertise of business professionals straight to your ears. And for this season, we're gonna be talking about important connections and how you can utilize them to elevate your career to the next level. If that's something that you're interested in, just keep listening. Hello everyone. This is Haley and I'm back with Everyday Business Solutions. I am excited for this episode this week because this season we're talking about continuous connections and you've probably seen the reoccurring theme of everything revolves around your interpersonal skills, um, which is great. If you fine-tuned your interpersonal skills, but one thing we didn't want to forget this season is how to develop our interpersonal skills and grow them and take them to the next level. So we've brought Marlon here on because he is truly, to me, the king of being able to develop interpersonal skills and connect with people already. um, He is one of my favorite people I've connected with and one every time I get on the call with him, it is a pleasure. So I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself so that you guys can understand what I mean.
1: Good, thank you for having me, Hallie. I really appreciate this. My name is Marlon Lyons. I've been in the financial services industry for the last 14 years. I've had various amounts of responsibility from just managing myself and my team, as well as being a participant in the overall operations of most offices and or teams that I've been a part of. Um, I tremendously enjoy being able to take someone who has no clue as to what they've gotten themselves into and allowing them to unpack their skill sets and realize that they are your skill sets and you possess them. So unpack them, let's put them on the table and let's talk about how we're going to build a career for you within the financial services industry by doing three things. One, we build, we don't hustle and sell. Two, we encourage and empower and educate And three, we do things for the purposes of designing it and not hoping that things happen by accident. And what that does is that puts you in a position of power, control, and authority, and you want to operate from a position of strength, even when you have no idea what to do next.
0: (laughs) Isn't that like the true king right now with everything that's happened? any kind of enablement that people can give themselves in like a chaotic situation like this where you don't know what it's going to be next month. I mean we had a whole year of thinking it might end any month now or any day now and you know come a year later we are still still in the process of overcoming something so simple as a virus and it seems so simple because we've dealt with viruses all throughout history but this one really laid us flat as a world, um, as a planet. And it's been hard. So that enablement and that ability to empower people and allow them to not just that, but empower themselves is, is strong. it's strong. It's so important.
1: Absolutely. Right and we have to be either wall builders or bridge builders. Those are the choices, in my opinion, that we have. And if you make that choice, in the midst of a terrible situation, you don't have much time to adjust. So you have to think about allies and assets. And what I've done is, is I focused on who is an ally and who is an asset. And I'll give you an understanding in my mind, how I look at that. An ally is somebody that is going to be able to potentially help you accomplish something that you may not be physically or mentally or capability strong enough to be able to accomplish it. That's why you wanna surround yourself with bridge builders because bridge builders have an expectation of completion that's different than, in my opinion, wall builders. People who build bridges wanna take you somewhere and allow you to be able to now functionally know how to take yourself places. That is why they're an ally. An asset is somebody who makes you believe that you're good for them and their purposes, but not your own. And so therefore they're building a wall around you to keep you in a place where they feel comfortable for you to be, which may not be the place that you feel comfortable for you to be. And it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just a question of you being able to go back again. Like I said, are you comfortable being an asset asset, or are you more comfortable being an ally? And that's kind of how I look at you is you're an ally and not an asset because you're your own asset. I'm an asset to myself because therefore I can be an ally with others because I choose to lead people versus having people follow me for the purposes of making me feel better. No, I'm having you come with me because I've already built this Bridges. Now I'm gonna show you how to do it faster, more efficient and more effectively because I've done all of the stupid stuff already. <laughs>
0: I think I've had somebody on, Todd Hendricks Jr. mentioned that he sees servant leadership as really the only type of leadership going forward. And that's that idea of what you're doing, what you're leading, it's about them. And it's not about them being beneficial for you. It's about them being beneficial for them and what you guys are doing together. Um, and it is that idea of leading and the, the leadership is not... Uh, managing with an iron fist micromanaging it's not controlling it is like this this guiding force that is a human being and understands that power and can use that power so absolutely
1: and it starts with self because it's not a selfish thing it's actually a selfless thing and if you start with yourself then you have more of you to give away versus holding it because people are now seeing you as an asset and or an ally but when you're confused and you're uncertain, you won't make any moves and you won't react to things that you should. And now you have the hindsight aspects of, oh my God, that was a great opportunity. Oh my God, I'm so stupid. Oh my God, I'm. And that's where people mess up at. You're not stupid, you're unaware. You're not stupid, you're ignorant. And so, For me, I started writing when I was a very young kid because of the anger issues that I had that I needed to find a way to be able to get things inside of me out. And I started journaling and I started writing poetry. And what I did as a result of that is I started getting to know me and what I thought and what my feelings were. And I did not look for people to validate them because guess what? They were my feelings, mine. And so I would share them with people And those people would either identify themselves as a bridge builder or a wall builder based on how they would react. And it allowed me to start learning that it's not about what people say, it's about the questions that you have the courage to ask and how people react verbally as well as non-verbally to those questions that you have to have the courage to ask.
0: It's very interesting because as you talk about it, I'm sure our listeners are doing the same thing I am. And I'm starting to picture some of those people that in my life have identified themselves as a wall builder or a bridge builder. I think about those people that truly enabled me versus those people who set their ideals in front of me as like a boxing force instead. And it is very hard, like you said, to really focus on yourself, especially when a lot of like our novels and TV and things that we watch where these figures that we look up to, they tend to be very selfless, outwardly focused on others. Um, but that same behavior, if it is only outwardly focused, if you're not coming back to yourself, it can be very self-destructive.
1: Absolutely. I teach people from a standpoint of old country fables and stories. And the reason why is because of the way I was raised. You know, the old saying goes, you don't miss your water until your well runs dry. Well, if you are the well, then you've got to make sure that you keep yourself in tune with what's going on. And the other thing about it is, you know, the old fashioned pumps that we used to use to be able to get water out of the well. Well, guess what? You got to keep a certain amount of water for yourself, if you will, because you sometimes have to prime the well. And the only way to prime the well is to take the very thing that you want and pour it back in, which is water. So when the well is not able to have the connection, because it is a connection, it's a suction connection. Think about it. Every bit of water is down there. When you're pumping it, you're pulling it up. And so if you're the well, and you're the one that's with you 24/7, whether you're sleeping, walking, talking, working, driving your car, when you are with you and no one else is around, what is going on in your mind? I should have did this. I should have did that. Oh, my God. Now I got to get home. I got to get this. I got to get that. And then tomorrow I got this meeting and I got that. And oh, my God, it's a party to go to. And it's like, wait a minute. What do you want to do? I just wanna sit at home and chill out sometimes. Then do that. You say, well, my friend will be upset if I don't come to their party. I know, but guess what? They will be okay. (laughs) Because you stop going and everything else stops going. And if you replenish yourself, now you're at the party or the job or whatever, energized, interacting, you feeling good. People say, oh, you look different. Something new going on. You got a new kind of thing with your personality. It seems like you're happier. What's got, What's happening? And it's because you're fulfilling your desire to be happy with you. And that's what I try to get people to understand. If you're talking to someone about their overall general estate plan and how they can better their overall situation by dealing with things that no one Wants to. No one wants to turn 65, you know why? Because they don't wanna be old and go on Medicare. No one wants to talk about life insurance because nobody wants to think about dying. No one wants to talk about their retirement plans if they have no money. So what happens is, is if you allow people to be accepted for who they are, where they are, and what they have, and you don't come off as someone who's so above and disconnected, is to say, no, I was there before. I've been there several times. As we get to know each other, I will tell you stories about me and my life that will make you go, come on, really? And as you do that, what happens is, is the exchange of us as people, not titles, not stature, not skin colors, not neighborhoods, not regions, not sections, not all of these stupid things that have zero to do with what we both desire, which is to be accepted to be respected and to be needed in some way, shape or form. Those are basic human fundamental things that we all want to have. That's why everybody loves puppies. And if they don't love puppies, they love kittens. And if they don't (laughs) love kittens, they love koalas. They love something. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what it's all about.
0: Oh man, you brought up puppies and I just met one the other night. (laughs) (laughs) He's a cutie, he's a little giant. Oh, I'm excited. Um, No, it's, it is crazy to think of sometimes, but it is true. And it is not this easily attainable thing to going back to what you said about, like in those moments when you're alone to do what's best for you. It is not easy, especially because there is, especially I feel like in our society, there is a lot of emphasis on the next thing that you should be doing, what you have to get done, what's going on, um, what you gotta to do to achieve or continue to achieve what you've got in life. You know, There's this idea of constantly reaching for success means constantly working and hustling and things like that. And um, I've watched people on like LinkedIn say, make sure to take time for yourself, make sure to have those off hours and that separation. Other people will be like offended, like how dare you assume that I should have downtime. Um, right. But I got a book, and it's a slightly older book I picked up at an antique shop, and it's real tiny, and it's called *The Art of Doing Nothing*, and it is so much fun because there are so many ways that they teach you to do nothing, procrastinating, um, and basically procrastinating. What they're talking about is meandering, you know, going with the ebb and flow from point A to point B, not just rushing straight to the next point. Taking your time and joining the scenery as you go. You know, actually procrastinating, enjoying the journey along the way. Um, you know, meditating versus what people think it is versus what it really is. And like all of these things of that time when you're by yourself and how you can like refresh the well, you know?
1: Absolutely. And Strangen- you gotta keep the impurities out. hmm Impurities out. If I gave you a glass of water and I said, hey, listen, there's a teeny tiny bit of arsenic in there, it's going to make you a little upset in their stomach and may give you a slight headache, but it won't kill you. You don't care. You're not going to drink that. <laughs> like, I'm not drinking that with arsenic in it. No. Well, that's how people sometimes are with themselves. And they will sabotage themselves before they get started. And I've seen it millions of times in this business where I sit down to interview someone who absolutely hates what they do. They're not making enough money. They don't have enough time. They're frustrated. They don't like where they live. They don't like their car. They don't like the trips they take. And then I say to them, how do you feel about working on 100% commission? And you know what they say? I'm terrified of it. I said, OK, how's things working out so far in your current setup? Well, I hate this job. I hate this. I hate that. I don't mm-hmm. like this. I don't like that. I said, when you get ready to take a vacation, do you go places you want to go, or do you go visit people you're related to because you have no choice? And they go, um, not necessarily, but I can't go where I want to go. And I said, OK, if you were to sacrifice, not suffer, not be punished, not be put under subjugation. If you were to choose to sacrifice, no different than you choose to not eat carbs or sweets or whatever else, if you choose to, would you feel better about the prospects of your situation being able to have more control, more autonomy and more freedom? They go, well, yeah, I said, okay. So don't get stuck in poisoning your own well. I look at your resume and your resume tells me you have the skills that if you allow me to unpack them with you and get you to see yourself as an entity versus somebody else's asset, I want to show you how we can align ourselves and I can leverage my knowledge and skill with your skills and show you how to build a bridge to where you want to go. Is that does that sound like a good prospect? They go, Oh yeah. I'm like, okay, in three minutes, I just changed your perspection their perception, excuse me, to being able to see what's possible versus seeing what is. And if you don't like what is, how can you change it if you won't let yourself see what's possible?
0: It is crazy the way perspective and like your perception of the world can truly shape your life. And a lot of that is just realizing even the things that you don't control, you have an impact on. And sometimes that impact is in small as small as your mood and how you react. Cause sometimes you don't have chance to respond. You don't have time to think ahead, plan, and do all that stuff. Sometimes you are just reacting. I mean in March, majority of us were just reacting at first. You know, it changed as we, we got our feet under us, but a lot of us were just like, I went on college break. And we never came back to campus and I never <laughs> came back to campus again because I'm done with college. But um, we literally like, they'll be like, we might have to go on a break for a couple weeks. <laughs> my younger sister is just going back to in-person classes in kindergarten. Wow. For the first time. And it's been almost a whole year. So yeah. it is sometimes insane because you were just reacting. And like, I was talking to my brother Back in December when he came to visit, and he's gone through a lot of hard things in the last couple of years. He's lost two siblings. He's graduated high school. He tried college and dropped out of college. And he finally got a job that he loves. is um, a sales rep making commission and stuff like that. And it fits him to it. He he loves it. It fits his skill set, his mindset. Um, but he was struggling a lot with like, what if somebody else just dies? You know. What if this happens, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I told him, I was like, Zachy, you know, you can worry about that stuff, but you could also still choose to be happy. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, you decide if you're happy or not. No one else does. Your situations do not decide if you're happy. I was like, my situation can suck, but somebody in a podcast who she's just living her own life and she happens to talk on a podcast on the side said recently that like before she makes a decision she always like takes a moment to breathe and think it through recollect her thoughts because she never wants to react right away i was like don't let yourself react right away actually give yourself a chance and then say what's good about this situation because if there's something in everything that's a reason to smile even if it's not that one moment i think this truly some reason you can give yourself the smile and even if you can bring a small grain of positivity to a situation you can completely change the outcome and so so you
1: said something very powerful right there what you said was is you you challenged him to ask himself a question and remember i said it's all about the courage that you have to ask the right questions because Mm -hmm. questions elicit expansion questions open things up and if you're the well but you don't know how to ask yourself the right questions, then you can't replenish yourself. And what happens is, is you continually are looking for others to give you the answers that you have to search for within yourself. And some answers are just answers for Hallie. Some answers are just answers for Marlon. And some answers are answers that you can supply to others after You've paid the dues that you have to pay to be able to get yourself to now be able to answer tough questions that you have to ask of yourself. I joined the military when I was 17 years old. I had to get a special waiver and authorization from my mother to allow me to join at 17 because I was not yet an adult. Mm -hmm. She was not interested in signing that waiver, let me tell you. (laughs) But I was very convincing because I had made up my mind and I knew what I wanted to do. So much so to the point where I told her, if you don't sign it, that's fine. The day after my birthday, I'm going to sign it, but it will be that way forever. And I'd much rather have us go back and look at things from you trusting me that I know what I want to do with my life to where we can now have a joyous moment about it from now on, even though it's not that joyable right now, but we will be later on. And today we laugh about it. I went into the military on the day before my mom's birthday. Can you imagine?
0: Oh my goodness.
1: (laughs) And she was not interested in me going and I went anyways. And it has some ramifications in the way of what she felt and my sister felt and I was an important member of the family that was going away. And I'm still an important member of the family, but that was something that I had to do for me, and I'm so glad I did because now that I'm sitting in front of you, I can tell you that a lot of the things that I learned and that I incorporated, I needed those things. I was coming out of the inner city. There was things going on that I was close to and privy to becoming a part of that I absolutely knew that my upbringing did not line up with what the sacrifices that people who raised me had made for me to end up in a situation and a circumstance that they did not put the work into me that they put into me to have that be the outcome. And that gave me some very, very valuable skills that I try to pass on to people because what I've learned is when you're full of enough that you need, you will gladly give it away without strings being attached to people that you identify who are worthy of having something that you have to offer. And that is the difference between building the bridge or building the wall because you give away raw material when you're building a bridge. When you're building walls, you need more raw material and you wanna take. So if you wanna look at it differently, builders, in my opinion, are givers and wall builders are takers. So both are still building. One is building bridges to go places and the other one is trying to stay where they are and keep people locked in with them. The difference between a manager and a leader is a leader is comfortable with somebody becoming qualified enough to take his spot because he wants to go somewhere else. And that means higher. The wall builder wants to stay where they are and keep looking good by having the people around them be assets who can't get away from them because they've blocked them in and walled them up.
0: Mm -hmm. I tend to see with the wall builders too. And I was just, I've just finished a book. So I'm actually like, the two main characters, one is clearly a bridge builder and one is clearly a wall builder. And the wall builder, the big thing with her is if you don't fit the qualifications of what she wants within her enclosure that she's created, she wants to completely change you to fit, or she wants to kick you out entirely. And she's very destructive in her path. Even if when, when you start the story, the the author does an amazing job of developing these characters and getting you in their heads. So you understand her logic in a way you understand where she comes from. But at the end of the day, by the end of the book, you see the toxicity of that behavior and what it can do, especially to the people around her and herself. Um, What she does to herself is like crazy. Um, And it it makes me think, you know, we came to this episode to talk about interpersonal skills. And I bet some of our listeners are wondering, but we talked about ourselves a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what you were talking about. If you can't work on yourself, if you can't make yourself whole and develop yourself into a bridge builder, then you are never going to be able to truly develop those interpersonal skills because the interpersonal skills start with the bridge. They don't start with the wall.
1: No, they no. don't. And that's where we, and just to give an example of something relevant for people that may want to be able to utilize something, take a piece of paper. And I challenge somebody to line that paper up with 10 minimum, one to 10, just take a blank piece of paper, write down one to 10. And I challenge people to be able to write down enough relevant skills that they feel that they possess, that they use for acquiring friendships and and or a place of employment and then take another one and write down five things that you do for yourself and I bet you people will fill the first one out really quickly and the second one they'll struggle with just to get the half as much because we're programmed to think about pleasing others so much so to whereas we forget that if we're going to please others what are we doing for ourselves I like to fish I don't go fishing and fish with the bait that I like. I go fishing with the bait that I think the fish will like because I'm not trying to catch me. I'm trying (laughs) to catch them. (laughs)
0: Probably wouldn't be as enjoyable of a fishing trip if you were.
1: Exactly. And so what I try to get people to understand is, is what kind of bait are you using to catch you for you? What kind of bait do you have for you to feel good about you? And that bait may be going to the doctor Not really. That's terrible. Nobody wants to go to the doctor. No one wants to go there. So they say, why do you say that? I say that because I want you to realize how ridiculous it is that everybody, whether you're a wealthy CEO or you're the guy who just got off of a 12-hour shift, if it's coming down to do you want to go to the bar, to the beach, to the golf range, or to the doctor, nobody's picking the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) So what I mean when I say that is, is what are you choosing to do? They say, well, I don't have any money. Well, do you like the park? Do you like trees? Do you like the flowers? Do you like to see kids play? Yeah, I like that. Okay, cool, go to the park with no money and enjoy yourself, breathe the fresh air, look at the birds. Do you like water? Yeah, well, drive to the lake, park, read a book, take a walk. You don't always have to have money and you don't always have to have things like the stupid TV or some goofy show and no disrespect to anybody who likes watching TV, but that is an escape. It's not an oasis. And I try to get people to find places that are oasises, not escapes. Just my opinion.
0: The crazy thing is, is like, you don't even have to go somewhere. Sometimes just walking your neighborhood is the most wonderful feeling. And if I haven't walked around the neighborhood in a while and I get out and do it with my dog, it's talking and meeting new neighbors. And I'm always meeting new people when I'm out. It's like, my gosh, why do I not? do I not do this every day? You know, like it feels so good. And like my favorite thing is, and sometimes I don't get to do it because if my parents are at home or something like that, I need to be able to respond to them just so they know where I'm at. Um, my Nana is really great. Her, her selective hearing. So sometimes she's paying attention <laughs> to you and sometimes she's not. So if you tell her you're going for a walk, she may or may, may or may not be able to reiterate that later. Just depends on if she was paying attention to you. Um, but If I can leave my phone and just go with me and my dog and just go, I know I love to listen to music while I walk, but Mm -hmm. like being able to put down the technology and just ground myself in the here and now is the most amazing feeling. And I can do that on the sidewalks that circle my neighborhood. Um, But we, you know, like our area, for example, the parks are completely free. There's so many different parks. Most of them allow dogs. So I can take that little critter along with me and Things like that are so much fun. There's a reason why I've seen so many of my old college friends starting to hike this year is because they love the grounding feeling that just being out and with yourself or a couple people and just being grounded in those moments makes you feel. Um, I also had another moment this past week. I finished reading a book, the book I was telling you about, but I used to be able to finish multiple books a week and I loved reading. I would have a whole conniption if I lost my book as a kid. It was a thing. The library was my favorite place now just because it was air conditioned. Um, (laughs) But, oh my gosh, in the middle of the summer when you don't have great air conditioning, you go to the library, that's where it's at. Definitely. Um, But like, I mean, I would read James Patterson I would read the same books my grandma was and I was just this tiny little eight, nine year old walking around, but I loved it. And I was like that for a long time. And in fact, midway through college, I got into fashion books and fashion history and uh, history in general and societal movements and studying that. And I got to a point where I realized in the last couple of years, I have not finished a book. And because i finished- life took over. It did. And it did. And so I finished this book and I was like, oh my gosh, is there not more? <laughs> but like, I was like I don't even know what to pick up next because it was so gratifying and so freeing like even you know even away the book is an escape it's not completely an oasis nope. but those moments like curled up in my chair or like doing this or that and just enjoying the book and what I take from it like I learn so much from every book I read and That's right. I love it and, and it's a different
1: it. level of, inter, it's a different level of involvement because see with reading, you have to use your eyes. You have to use your subconscious because you can read without opening your mouth. Well, you know how we were when we were kids, we always would read aloud, but as you grow, you read on the inside. And that's what is a great, you know, parallel to what we're talking about when it comes to interpersonal skills is, it's you getting closer to you first. So, the point that I you know, want to make for people that may think we're not on topic is I don't know you. I don't know who you are. So if I'm talking about interpersonal skills going away from doing everything for people outside of you, I believe that you have to get connected to you to be able to allow your interpersonality to flourish because that's what it is, it says interpersonal. Well, that's the interpersonality that you're now going to let out. And what so many people are doing is they're doing (laughs) F-A-K-E. That's, that's what they're doing. They're being fake. And when you're being real, you be real to yourself first, and then you can be real to others. And therefore you're now willing to be vulnerable because people will accept you and, or they will reject you. But if you're always your authentic self, how can you be your authentic self when you don't know yourself?
0: It's, and you, it's funny because not everybody's being fake intentionally or even realizes they are, but exactly. relationships are built on trust. And like anything in life, when you're interacting with somebody or you're doing something, you tend to seek the value that's in it for you. And so if you're coming at a potential relationship or you're coming at somebody wanting to build a connection and you're not bringing yourself to the table, you're not bringing any value for them. It's going to fall through. Um, I, you know, and I think that's like one thing I missed about being a kid is I was really just not afraid to be me. And back when I used to love to read and I could just, I know I carried a certain energy and I carried a certain thing about me, which is funny. Cause I went through like the emo scene stage where you're supposed to be moody and depressed all the time. And I was the happiest little emo you ever did see. <laughs> I could not, not be bubbly. Like there was a certain energy I brought to the table because I wasn't afraid to be me i genuinely talk a lot and i love to share what i learn. and the more hesitant i got and the more like i lost myself along the way the less i connected with people and the less like i saw them responding to my energy because it wasn't there
1: that's right and that's the distortion that comes from things that we either i we're either too young to be able to now understand so we just feel the energy that's not good because children It's amazing to me how they can tell people that like kids and kids can tell people that don't really like kids.
0: Just like dogs can.
1: Exactly. And that is an energy force that we all have, but we don't get taught those things in school. We don't get taught to be able to understand the energy that we admit, but they will tell us that there's energy functionality in our brain. There's energy functionality in our heart. And there's energy in every one of the cells that we regenerate approximately, if I'm not mistaken, 50,000 new cells every day, every single day. And what happens is, is if we're regenerating ourselves, then that means that we are manufacturing new parts of ourselves continually. So if you don't do like you did, put that book in there, or like I do, go fishing to be able to get myself to something that's calming, comfortable, and familiar it allows me to filter the thoughts that I have too much other things going on with. That way, when I go fishing, I always come back happier than I was before I left, even if I was happy when I left. And sometimes it's not because I caught fish, it's because I had that time to filter through me to know where I'm at, where I'm going, what am I doing, what are my desired results, and it's not always stressful. You spoke earlier about reactionary. Well, what I try to do is teach people how to be proactive, not reactive, because in your proactiveness, you can get ahead of the curve. So even if you have a fallback, if you will, your fallback has still got you ahead of most people because they're still just reacting. And what I found is in your proactive approach, what you get to do is is you get to survey the territory before you get there. So when you do get there, the few things that you may have missed don't knock you off your feet.
0: Mm. And this is something that I was very fortunate with the group of people I found in college. We focused on so many of the right things. And one of them was the ability to respond versus react. And the difference is responding is more of a preparedness. It's being able to take all of the readiness that you did before. It's being able to take all of the information you've gained and be able to take a moment, think, and then move accordingly. Reacting is literally something happens, boom it's that, that flinch reflex. What do you do after something? Because it's completely instinctual. You haven't laid your plan. You haven't mapped out the possibilities and you've lost control.
1: Absolutely. Before you even get started, you're done. Mm-hmm. So that is awesome. I love it. Say that again for me. You said the biggest thing was to respond.
0: And not react. To teach like how to be responsive instead of reactionary. And the whole concept of like, you know, just being able to to think things through sometimes. And um, you know, there's this whole you can't prepare for everything. Well no, you can't, but you can be, be you can be prepared for being unprepared. You can be ready for the unlikely without having to over overdo it, you know, over prepare. Um then- and and that, like a,
1: sorry, go ahead.
0: Um, oh, I'm trying to think back to what I, I've talked to some truly amazing people through those podcasts. So people looking back and who've listened to these episodes might recognize some of these things. Um, and one of the things, like, just that you know, going back even to the beginning of the pandemic, there were some people that, if they are reactionary people, one of the reactions they have is to freeze in the face of uncertainty. If mm-hmm. they don't know what the next thing to happen to them is, they just won't do anything.
1: Exactly. Which is the worst thing. It's like a deer in headlights. Yeah. You know, I talk to people all the time. And with the pandemic, I can just give you a quick overview of how I reacted. I reacted in a military mind mm-hmm. sense. And so for me, it was about organizing, getting everybody where they needed to go, do all of the things to get everything situated. And then it was wait. And it was a wait because nobody knew what the deal was, but what I knew was, is I needed to get everybody that needed to be, that was a part of my pod, if you will, in a position where I knew where they were. I knew that they had the resources and the supplies that they needed, and then it was time to wait. But you were waiting comfortably versus uncomfortably physically. Psychologically, I couldn't get them to do the things that I needed them to do to be okay with waiting because everything was at a standstill and there was no way to be able to give answers to questions that were not really necessary in terms of asking. So I would just wait. But I was comfortable waiting because I knew I was prepared to do whatever it was that needed to be done and that was the only thing I could do. So I was comfortable waiting whereas other people were just discretionarily going nuts and I couldn't be able to calm them down because I couldn't give them answers. So therefore they were spiraling with the uncertainty instead of understanding that sometimes you have to be still because sometimes that's the only course of action. I was on a train before going to Chicago. We sat on those tracks for two hours. I don't know what was going on, but it didn't matter to the point where they actually let us get off the train because they knew we were going nuts sitting on that train. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how sometimes people react to situations in life is, you're working somewhere you don't wanna be, but you tell me the reason you're still there is because you have a mortgage, you have kids, you have responsibilities, but if something happens and you fall down, what's gonna happen to the mortgage, the kids and the responsibilities? And they go, well, I don't know. And I said, okay. So that means that maybe, just maybe, if we think about how we can change the circumstances differently, then just maybe you can start having a glimmer of hope and that can build and grow and turn into something that, where you will find the right vehicle that will allow you to pivot and shift. And this may not be it. Working with me may not be it, but that's okay. If I don't give you anything but hope, take that with you and look for what will allow you to pivot and change your circumstances. And that's one of the things I love about the people I'm working with now, um, the guys that I work with over at Absolute Asset Protection is they gave me that opportunity to come in and be able to make a change and pivot And in doing so, they've given themselves an opportunity to be able to become allies with me. And that's one of the things that I'm most excited about is being able to have allies that wanna work with me and they see me as valuable, but not as an asset. Because an asset doesn't have, in my opinion, just the way I look at it, an asset may be a Rolex, but it's not alive. An ally is typically alive. So that means that I have to have some ebb and flow, some give and take. And that's why I like being looked at as an ally versus an asset, because an asset is typically relegated to a thing. An ally is a noun.
0: Mm. And that's the truth, isn't it? It's at A the noun end of the- that
1: is an active person, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. An asset is one of the things that go in your book that holds value at the end of the day. And it is delegated to something that not only is it just a thing, um, a non-living thing to you it is something that you can shift and discard and do with as you want as it makes sense for whatever grand goal you have set at the end of your books right but an ally is somebody it's that partner somebody you work with it's a give and a take it's a, a constant movement I have constant dance and people at the end of the day like movement people at the end of the day it's like you go back to like the psychology of how some people are just so happy and things like that People who work out for some reason are ridiculously happy, and I know I can't work out. But like, at a a base level, I understand that that movement is actually really, really good for them physically, and it releases a lot, a lot of healthy juice in their body, and it just makes like actual physical movement makes people feel good. It actually releases those things that make you happy. And so when you're doing and when you're in this kind of relationship with somebody, whether it's something you've built or something that's imposed upon you because of a position, if you're just treating them as, like you said, like an asset and a thing, then they suddenly have become unmovable stationary object. And that is the very opposite of the things that make people happy. If you are actually allying with them and not only are they physically moving in life, but in their emotional engagement they're moving they're interacting they're making that dance or that exercise they're releasing serotonin and they're actually doing the things that even if it's not their dream job because i you know it's so funny to think yes you can achieve your dream job but i never think of like what my dream job is i don't want to box myself in with an idea that like may or may not happen because i'm open to whatever comes along making the most of it and building from there building from where I'm at versus trying to sidetrack everything to get to something that may or may not make me happy. Um, they can actually have like a dream ideal position. They can be extremely happy like I am in their job right at that moment because it is so emotionally engaging. Just the idea of interacting with people on a regular basis and the the things that they are challenged to do and the things they're able to do and the responsibility they're able to claim is going to make them Happy because it is that exercise.
1: Absolutely, and what Minus you the said. <laughs> sure, and what you said earlier. I mean, when we were talking about it, was as you said. You know, before we started this, you said that you came in and you had your hands in a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. That is the way that it should be for people when it comes down to finding out what are their triggers, because. There's certain words that we use in our society that people only allow to be used in a negative connotation, in my opinion. Triggers happens to be one of them. You know, you triggered me. You said this and it made me mad. Well, Mm -hmm. triggers can be good as well because if you're proactively trying to find out where you are or where you want to be and you know that you have a set of skills that can benefit you, it may be a good idea to reach out to someone who sells mortgages if you're an insurance agent not for the purposes of selling more policies. See, that's selfish, that's the wall builder. If you wanna reach out to a person who does mortgages because you wanna find out how many of your clients need to refinance, then now you've got an opportunity to build policies with those people because you found a resource for them to align themselves with, to save themselves some money and they now have a new asset that they want to insure, and guess who's perfectly positioned to have that happen? So you contact the mortgage broker because you wanna know how you can help your clients genuinely and sincerely, and the natural byproduct of helping your clients improves their life in a way that where they're naturally going to come and find their ally, which happens to be you.
0: Yeah, I think that speaks for itself. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I have to say the one thing I love about like our sales manager and the people that I work with is that they're not told to sell. They're taught to sell, to not sell if it would work for the customers. They're taught to look at if it's actually a fit type thing, you know? hey, yes. do you know about thing? Oh, nope, that's okay. Do you mind if I follow up with you and blah, blah, blah. And it might be a year. It might be a while before they even follow up. And it might just be an ongoing conversation. And that's okay too. And sometimes that involves into something else and sometimes it doesn't, but it's like, it's never personal, but you don't want to go into like these situations where somebody is selling something that you feel cornered by that 70 style used car salesman who is trying desperately to make his sales for the month or the week or whatever timeline they're on. Um, And it is, you know, it's a a salesperson to a prospect. It it has to be a relationship first because people don't buy from strangers. They buy from people they trust. And that means they buy from their friends.
1: Absolutely.
0: You can't, be friends with everybody the same way you might be with your closest friends, but you can build a connection with them and you can build a relationship. And- um,
1: I definitely I think- call it, I call it honorable. There's an honorable, noble way to conduct yourself, being able to be forthright and straightforward and be able to let people know where your intentions are. And that's one of the things that I try to train my agents to do. You know, I'm here to be able to make your situation better. There are certain things that we have to come to an agreement on for us both to feel the way I'm hoping that we would feel, which is mutually satisfied. This is a mutually beneficial situation, and I'm trying to be able to make sure that I maintain that integrity on my end. And in order for you to do so on your end, I have to ask you some questions, and those questions will go towards that end goal and purpose. But if you don't give me the right information, I can't design the right plan. If I don't design the right plan, then you won't accept responsibility for having a jacked up plan and you will blame me. So therefore you're a wall builder and I'm gonna try and help you in this moment become a bridge builder, at least with me. Then you can go back to building your walls however you see fit.
0: (laughs) It'd be nice to think that you can make them wall builders for life, but uh, sometimes it's not always the case, (laughs) but yeah.
1: And so that's where the interpersonal skills come into play. Sometimes it's not always directly related to what you do for money. And that's what I try to tell people as well. If you want to learn interpersonal skills for the purposes of making money, you're a wall builder trying to act like you're a bridge builder. If you want to learn interpersonal skills because they should be a part of your natural everyday life and you know you need them, then it will be a natural byproduct for it to bleed over into your financial situation and circumstances, but it can't be the lead. It's the difference between educating and sharing versus selling and pushing, in my opinion. And somebody may disagree and that's fine. That's why we're all having our own mind frames Mm -hmm. about what we do or don't agree with, but I got proof to be able to prove that my process works and it's proof in the things that are starting to come as a result of people that I worked with in 2007, eight and nine, now reconnecting with me as a result of me being in a new situation and circumstances that now allows me to be able to afford opportunities to them that they otherwise wouldn't have had previously. And that background that they have with me allows them to now know what they can do and what they can get in regards to what they want to do. And that makes me so excited that I just can't stand it right now. I'm fired up about everything.
0: (laughs) I think of when when you're talking about your process and how you approach it, I think about the people that I went to school with because I was in a professional sales, marketing and management fraternity, right? So we had a lot of salespeople, um, a lot of big, happy personalities. These people, they're really full of energy and, I genuinely felt I was surrounded by really great people, really selfless people, and anytime I talk to them, I still feel the same way, and I just imagine those people going out into the the working world and being surrounded by wall builders and being boxed in and maybe eventually turned into a wall builder themselves, and all I can picture is that light and that energy that made me so happy during college kind of being burned out in these individuals, which I truly value. And that is sad. And I, if you're in a management position or you're a team member to these people, you don't want to be the one that crushes their light. You want to be the person that enables them to get brighter, to continue to spread that energy. So not only is it them that is infectious and contagious, it is the people that they touch and they spread it to. And I have some particular people in mind um, that like, I still get excited when I see them on social media or I talk to them. And I couldn't imagine if somebody backs them in with their walls, you know, like you don't want to be the person that burns out the light in others, you want to be that wall builder. And like going back to our other conversation, it starts internally, it starts with yourself and what you bring forward from inside out.
1: Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest reasons why for me and being able to meet you when I first met you, it was like, oh yeah, I can't wait to be able to talk with her. I can't wait to spend time and didn't even have to be on the podcast because you had that energy that I wanna be around because it gives me energy to be able to keep pressing forward to say, and it. You know, people talk about karma this and karma that. I, I believe in karma, but I also believe in manifestation of the things that you want and you will manifest one or two. You will manifest the things you want and or the things you don't want Be mindful of how you spend your time when you're just with you. So we spend so much time worrying about when we're with others, we get our hair right, we get our makeup or whatever the case may be. We get our ties straightened out and blah, blah, blah. But when you're all by yourself and you're not with anybody, what are you telling yourself again? Like I said, and not only that, but the challenges that you know are there. When you have a problem and you leave it sitting where it is, no one has ever said, oh, that's a nice looking problem. Let me grab that. No one tries to come and get your problems, but people bring their problems to you. And it's like, listen, if you're on my team and we're going in the same direction and we're trying to accomplish things, I'm gonna take those challenges that you have and show you how to unpack them and give you tools that are gonna be relevant to what you need to do so you can actually possess the skills that you need. I have the skill, you're coming to get me, I'm trying to get you to develop so you can have the skill, because if I learned how so can you and that's where people have to become true to themselves, because some people will say I want to run my own deal. Hmm, Do you really not? do you want to fund it oh well I don't want to fund it, I just want to run it. (laughs) And so it's about being able to be true to yourself and it's about making a choice. See, I can choose to be able to accept the fact that I'm in a position in my life when it comes to don't go into the gym, I'm building a wall. But I should be working on trying to build a bridge by starting with small things like taking a walk, like being able to get more actively involved with maybe just a few push-ups and sit-ups. I don't necessarily need to go and buy the gym membership and a full dietary specialist and all this other stuff because now I'm giving myself the false sense of hope about what I should do that I know I'm not ready to do. So don't jump out and start a business because you hear me talking, but start looking at the things you need to do that you know are there that you're being reactionary to and just make small rules. I'm going to stop being reactionary when it comes to whatever it is that my sister does or my brother does that I don't like. I'm going to start being proactively involved in getting myself a little bit more me time, being able to now schedule time to read a book, whatever it is, if you do small things for the betterment of what you want, then those small things will become the building blocks to now become a bridge builder. And if you're somebody who builds walls, then you have to start being able to get yourself around people who want to tell you things about who you are and what you're about, that you may not like at beginning, you may not like it because it's not pleasant to hear. But if you made up your mind to become something else than what you are it starts to give you the raw material to start building the bridge versus using the same material to keep building more walls in my opinion
0: yeah a lot of it's like you said a lot of what we take in we put out so if you're you know those you times those moments when you're actually thinking okay what do you want to become what do you want to build within yourself of course it is like, if you're changing your diet, for example, you don't do it all at once. Cause then we all, we set ourselves up for failure. Um, really. <laughs> so my eating healthy thing is, it's going to be very small increments, but so a little um, personal then. <laughs> some of it, yeah, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. Um, but speaking of one of the healthy th- places, um, that I like to go, there's I place here locally that I like to go with the woman who runs it and her family are some of my favorite people. They're just people who make me feel good. So a lot of the things that I take in to put out, to like, you know, reintegrate and put out is surrounding myself with people that inspire me and they have some aspect of their personality or their being that's something I want to work into myself. So whether it's this positivity or that energy or things like that, I want to be able to absorb it. I have a friend I loved her to death, she's had her ups and downs and she's probably had, um, through some of her periods, she's gone through a lot more downs than ups. And a lot of it comes from what she's doing personally, how she's taking things in, who she's surrounding herself with. And so she was at the stickage that was fun to hang out with her, but I noticed she was swearing and she was focusing on the negative. So I brought her there intentionally and she swore while she was there. And this woman turned at her and, you know, she corrected her and she talked to her about, I can't remember what she said exactly. She talked to her about like, even the words you say, what you're, putting out there is exactly what you draw back to yourself. And so like she was pulling that from somewhere in her and then it was coming right back at her. And it was drawing those people to her, those people that she didn't want to be around that were causing the reiteration of the negative emotions, but she was also absorbing them and putting them out and it became a cycle. Mm-hmm. So she had to intentionally stop the flow, f- you know, swearing it, for example, like putting out such negative words was, you know, throwing her in a bad light, it was draw- making people that she would want to be surrounded with not want to be around her. And it made her stop and think. And I watched this moment when it clicked for her. Um, it's really cool. because She's doing really good. And she's been a really healthy part of her life. It took her time to get there. She went through ups and downs with her family. But now she has a really good relationship with her family. And she's doing so much better. That's awesome, <laughs> Yeah,
1: because we've got to remember that but just like- because a person is a wall builder doesn't mean they're a bad person. We are products of our environment. And one of the things that, in my opinion, a true leader will recognize is that you are the artist and the person is the canvas. And the canvas may not be blank, but you're still the artist. A professional knows how to make things better. I don't care if that's a carpenter coming in to remodel a kitchen or if that's somebody that's gonna be building an entire house as an architect, but if you don't give them some direction Just because I'm an architect doesn't mean I'm gonna just make a house. I don't know how many rooms you want. I don't know what are the things that you are looking to be able to have. And so we all have the architectural skill set to be able to do whatever it is that we do well. But it's about being able to have a reasonably open and adaptable and or coachable or teachable individual who has hunger. That is the number one thing that people have to be is hungry, because if you're hungry, it supersedes the lack of knowledge. It supersedes the lack of capital. It supersedes the I have a rich uncle or I have a well-to-do parent. It supersedes (laughs) all of those things that you may or may not have. Earlier, when you said I would like to take a walk in the neighborhood, you know what my mind thought? not some of the neighborhoods that I go to, but but very
0: cool people in my neighborhood.
1: (laughs) But again, and that's what I mean when I say it's not everything a person says is not for you to jump on and judge them by it. And that's what people do. I guarantee you there's people that's going to be watching us. And some of those people who are wall builders are by themselves being negative, but they're still watching and they haven't clicked off yet because they wanna be better, they just don't know how to verbalize it. And that's where I try to get people to understand that it's not about judging you. It's about being able to accept you. And that's the part that the wall builders don't get. You're doing all of these things to be accepted, but you don't realize it. And so you're alienating and ostracizing people and wondering why they don't want anything to do with you anymore. I'm a nice person. Yes, you are. But when you start getting into that wall building phase, you start being conniving, manipulative, and you're taking advantage of people's niceness, thinking that they're not smart enough or aware enough to recognize it. But unfortunately, most people are just more resistance averse than they are like me. I'm gonna let you know. And some people won't let you know, and they're catering and enabling that behavior by not letting them know. Cause you said something very powerful when you said the lady corrected her you didn't say she berated her you didn't say she belittled her you said she corrected her and wall builders do not like correction (laughs) (laughs) but they will respond to it and hopefully from what you're telling me this young lady responded to it and it's been a positive that was just one occurrence and one situation imagine if she had a mentor who was going to help her start to learn how to unpack the things that make her build walls.
0: Mm-hmm. I, how there would that be? There are definitely people who, they don't even realize they've probably mentored me in my life, but like I've come back because sometimes just observing them, um, like this woman, for example, like just observing how she interacts with people sometimes is enough to inspire me to work better on myself. But it was magical to watch that, how she corrected her, she handled it so well. And to watch how my friend responded, because sometimes she can be, like you said, she can be that wall-biter mindset. She can just react to it in a negative way and not like it. But I watched it click and I watched her chew on it. And does she remember that event now? I think she might have forgotten it, but I think she carries it with her. I I think she carries the impact of those words with her for sure. And it is the craziest thing like that is one of the people I've intentionally made sure it's still in my life because I know she has that impact on not just that one friend of mine but on other people that she touches so
1: and that's a cool thing for you to recognize because again that tells me that you're a bridge builder and just to be a bridge builder people don't necessarily have to be you can be a passive and or aggressive either way can work just like sales skills there's people that are quote unquote, passive people who are really good at sales because mm-hmm. they're detail oriented and they get the details. Then there's people that are extroverted who are loud and kind of rambunctious and they get people's attention, but everybody does not want them because they would rather have somebody that may be a little more reserved. But again, there's somebody for everybody. A good friend of mine always told me, he says, I'm going to get a dance tonight. And I said, how do you know? He says, cause I'm going to ask until I get a yes. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I guess that's if you're willing to take <laughs> off the nose till you get a yes, you will get a dance. He said, "I'll get one. I may get more, but I'll at least get one." And there's something there in that attitude of being willing to put yourself out there in any capacity, not just in sales, but just in life, will either open up and or contract, and could put you in a situation where if you're expanding you got more opportunity. If you're contracting, you may have found your opportunity and now you're just getting focused on it. So it's not about just only expanding, expanding, and it's not about only contracting and contracting. It's about controlling the narrative yourself and deciding that you're gonna pull back or you're going to expand, but you be the person that's proactively controlling that and expansion and or that contraction. And that's where power comes into play. And people, again, another word that people typically use in a negative sense. Power is not always got to be negative. Power can come from within and you can use that power for good. And that's what I try to get people to understand is is you could be a superhero or you could be a villain and you could still have super powers as a villain, but you're just using them the wrong way. And so, you know, my thing is, is what do you want? How do you want it? What are the results that you want as a result of it? And if you have the courage to be able to reach out and step out, then you will learn and develop enough to be able to go and show out whenever you get ready.
0: I would agree all right well i think we're getting into a good place to start to wrap up we've given a lot of food for thought, and i love this conversation it certainly made me think it's made me come around away feeling like really good and really energized just with my own approach for my life so i'm really hoping our listeners took the same thing away from this because it is such a good feeling did you have any last thoughts that you would like to leave them with
1: my last thoughts are Don't get caught up in everything that everybody else is telling you because a lot of people lead with their fears. Get into the mirror and tell yourself what you want and see if you can hold a gaze. And if you can, then that means that you're hungry for it. You just got to get started. And if you get started, you will be surprised at how many allies show up because we, myself, and speaking on behalf of Hallie, are looking for people who want to be able to help push the narrative of it can be done, it will be done, it shall be done. I just may not do it by myself, but I can still do it for myself. And that's what I want to leave everybody with.
0: Thank you, Marlon. And thank you everyone for tuning in this week to Everyday Business Solutions. And I will see you next week. I hope you have a good rest of your day and that you check out the blog post for this episode too.